How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. We are coming off of a great weekend over in Topeka, Kansas, but it's not over. We got another event coming up this weekend in Rapid City. So it's going to get real busy here for the next few months, which is fun for everybody. Lots of cornhole to watch. But first of all, Trey, did you have FOMO? How'd you do at home? Yeah, 100%. FOMO. I 100% FOMO. Like it was. <laughs> Friday was weird. Like I'm working here with Jack, my new video editor. We're like editing features to get, to send them to you guys to get ready for the broadcast. And then we're like watching remotely. And then, and then the broadcast came on and I was like, this is, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Um, but it was, it was great. You got Anthony and Jeff and Michelle, you guys all did an amazing job. So it was cool to watch. And it gave me a, a different perspective on the broadcast, right? Because I'm so used to being in the moment that I don't look at everything, and I don't, and I, and I, I'm not watching it as a fan when I'm on yeah. site. I'm watching it from a different lens, and uh, it was it was really cool to watch it from that perspective, and it um, it gave me some things to think about and consider, and it also was just it was enjoyable, but it was. Like I, I almost, I found out later Fred was also here. Like he was home. He's calling into the comms. He's listening to the comms from the backstage of the broadcast <laughs> all the way here. So um, maybe next time I'll do that. But it was uh, overall, yeah, definitely some severe FOMO on Friday, especially, but uh, I got through it. <laughs> got through it. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Of course, the celebrity super hole is always a blast. And I have to say those Bills players, they were early. They were wherever they're supposed to be. They were um, connecting with people, talking, signing. Like, they were so engaged. So shout out to them for being so present and really being open to the experience. I think they made the, the most of it, and, and it was definitely felt and, and noticed on our side. Yeah, I totally agree because they uh, – shit, they were out there at the blind draw on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So they were they were already mixing it up with the players, um, everybody. So there was a lot of good, you know, feedback from all the players that they were already engaged on a Thursday night, and then they show up the next day during the shootout qual. You know, they must have hung out with us kind of behind the secondary court for an mm -hmm. hour, maybe. Mish, I mean, we're just yeah. talking. They're watching the feature court. You know, just kind of talking about what's gonna, you know, what happened last night and what's coming up on the ESPN broadcast. But they were they were a lot of fun. And then you get on the main stage. And Trey, you could probably see it as a as a viewer from that perspective. Um, they were just like having a blast, um, yeah. really engaged with the fans. Man, they were out there throwing the, you know, what is it, the corn? What was it? The, uh, they're throwing the stuff into the stands. Yeah, um, the corn nuts. On the corn yeah. nuts on yeah. on commercial. Um, there were some some KC fans that were kind of being a little razzy in the uh, in the audience. I thought they handled them pretty well. Um, and then, and then afterwards, uh, Mish, after I think you cashed in, I think you had to leave early in the morning. We ended oh, yeah, up going I, back to the Celtic Fox. I caught them and, at the airport the next morning. At oh, like did you? Four, at four, so I walk in the airport at 4 a.m. Cause my flight's so early and so was theirs. And I was telling them that I was so nervous that I was not going to make it because I thought my Uber driver might cancel at 3 a.m. But my Uber driver didn't cancel. I walk in, I see them, and they're all like, you made it. <laughs> and I said, I'm looking at them, and I go, how are you guys so energetic? And they're like, we haven't gone to sleep yet. I'm like, that's the answer. Okay, just ride it out. Well, I did yeah. sleep for two hours, and I was a total zombie. 
Yeah, we were at that Celtic Fox. We closed it down at like 2.30 in the morning. They were fun. I mean, they were just, they were hanging with us, you know? They were with the ACL crew. The commission was out there um, just talking about the broadcast, their experience. They were singing, dancing. They were a lot of fun. And then, yeah, they they went straight from the bar to the airport. So that makes sense that they, uh, they ran into you. So yeah, they it was, were it was totally fine. I was not okay, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they were good. All right, let's get into it. We're going to start with the uh, pro women's, uh, which we had Sam Finley take it down who on the broadcast through incredible. I told Rosie, I'm like, there's nothing you could do about that. <laughs> there's just nothing yeah. you can do. Do you want to talk about that? And then we'll go into the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So Sam Finley's probably best performance ever on a TV stage. And she's been on a lot of TV stages through 40 bags in the game, made 37 of them. Yes. I mean, I, I, yeah, you're right. I don't know what you tell Rosie other than let's do it the next time. I mean, I, <laughs> throw 38, <I'm> like <laughs> 21, nothing. It was at what eight to one. I mean, so you do that math. It's not like Rosie missed a bunch of bags. I mean, it was, it was a tough break, really, to go up against the flamethrower. A funny story. I was messaging Sam. And I said, you know, congrats. Beforehand, I messaged Sam. I said, make sure your mom's watching because that feature we're going to run is a little bit mom-centric. And she's like, she responded and she goes, uh, um, oh, she better be watching. And then <laughs> broadcast goes by. I say, congrats. Great job. And um, she messaged me. She goes, mom didn't watch. <laughs> Missed it. Oh, missed it so uh i was like hey maybe that's a good luck charm right mom can't watch you throw 37 out of 40 it's it's a win-win hey that's a thing that's a thing players will remember that and they'll be like you can't watch. yeah you can't watch, you can't <laughs> yeah. watch. i get out. the same thing i get the same thing just kind of watching watching courtside if if a player's doing really well, they'll be like, Hey, I need you on court 13. Yeah. I'm headed that way. And then like, I went and watched the Ryan's uh, out in Myrtle beach, three matches in a row. They lost 21, 20 twice in a row. And then the other one, uh, they barely squeaked the win out. They're like, yeah, I don't think you can come watch our matches anymore. <laughs> You're ex-made. <laughs> You're ex-made. Uh... You want to add anything to Sam Finley there, Anthony, before we move on the doubles? Yeah. Um, you know, Cassidy taking third overall. Uh, it, she threw really well. I mean, this is where the competition is getting. She threw a 10 plus 50% four baggers, which what it takes guys. I know that we have this whole, you know, kind of controlled speed, lower PPRs in some cases, but you got to hit the open hole when it's available. You may have a lower nine, nine and a half PPR, but you got to You got to get the four baggers when they're there. When the, when the hole is open Threw really well, uh, ended up taking a loss coming up just short Peters coming in. Or yeah, coming in with Allison, we got off the plane coming in uh, the night before one o'clock in the morning, standing in line to get an Uber, and it's like an hour drive. No Ubers. Uh, there's like 50 people out there trying to get Ubers. Allison walks up. Are you having trouble getting uh, getting an Uber? Yeah, this this sucks. So we team up. We team up on an Uber. We didn't get to we didn't get to bed till about 3 a.m. So neither did she. Um, the cabbie like stops it. We had to get a cab. Actually, had to ditch Uber. Uh, he's like, oh, we oh, got to get oh. gas about half the way. It's like two something in the morning. We're like, oh, gosh, we're never going to make it. So to go in there on limited sleep, you know, she was a three o'clock plus bedtime with a with a probably a seven something up. Um, she made a good run and, and she threw really well. But yeah, you said it, man. Finley was fire 24 in a row on the broadcast. You mentioned 37 out of 40, an 11 plus streaker threw really well. But uh, Finley just out threw her. She was she was fire. 
Yep, keeping it rolling with the women. Doubles champion Cheyenne and Frank Maudlin. Uh, awesome to watch that comeback that they did. Uh, you know, I was worried with as how, how it was starting, but um, they managed to come back and get the win. Trey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, they did a great job of resetting. Uh, I think the media timeout helped him. I mean, going into the media timeout, time. down 11 to 4. They take a break. They reset. They come back. The second half of the game, they made every single bag. Coming back from media timeout, they did every bag that they threw the entire rest of the game went in the hole. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you said, right? I mean, that's just that's that's insane. So um, the media timeout and doubles is still an interesting concept as, as, as we go through this. So for view, for people at home, you know, immense on the shootout format, men singles, women singles, no media timeout. Um, but that media timeout will always come in the middle of the doubles game. And so that's just something people are going to start to have to get used to. And then also be, in every single one of the nationals in all four games. Um, so it's it's an interesting concept as we play through it. But um, that's who we expected to go to the kickoff battle. That Maudlin and that Bubenheim, that's the one that people were calling a top 10 team in the country. If they keep playing like that, I love it. thing that helped him, Topeka, everything was fast. Maudlin yes. and Bubenheim, both fast board players, use that slick side of the bag, go right up and in. So – as we go into events, if we look at those board conditions on Thursday, this may be some good rule of thumb for people. Uh, maybe you're trying to pick who you're putting some money on. Like on Thursday, if if maybe in early into Friday, we're starting to see as people are warming up, there's rumors that the boards are playing fast. That's a team you really look out for. I am interested to see how they play when boards are slow. I don't really want to go by the kickoff battle because I think the kickoff battle was a a weirdly bad performance by Frank Modlin, but moving forward, it's, I mean, they're, they're playing like we thought they would when they teamed up. Absolutely. Anthony, anything to add there? Yeah. Zath and Hadley were, you know, again, I've been keeping an eye on the West. I'm out of the West. I really want to see the West grow and really compete with the rest of the nation. Uh, solid run. They were one win away from TV smashed Richards and Lopez 21 zip. Um, so yeah, they, they had a really good performance there. Um, Kano and Hamilton, like you were saying on the broadcast, I think the turnaround, there was a, and this is where IQ comes into play. Hamilton's first, you know, kind of legit appearance on the broadcast in that type of format. He had a team's event, um, but you know, going in there in a shootout format, a lot of pressure. He threw a roll bag when he didn't need to. They had an 11, six lead in round seven. What do we say? Washes win. You don't need to do anything creative at this point. And he tried to roll bag on a level one. It's like Matt Guy throwing an airmail over a deep level one. He tried to roll over a deep level one. Ended up giving four points up in that round. I think that's what really turned it around. Kano was fire. He threw really, really well. Um, he only missed, I think he missed two shots his whole match. Uh, missed two bags. So he threw really, really well in the broadcast. But yeah, uh, game changers. It's been a while for us to see game changers make it that deep in the broadcast. Not, not just to make it deep into a broadcast, but to win so uh, the modeling, keeping game changers by himself alive in this game, I'm saying. <laughs> keeping it rolling. <laughs> All right. And then our uh, men's singles champion was Matt Guy. Finally broke the streak, got his win. Trey, what do you think? Yeah. I, again, slick boards. You, there's not many people that are going to outrun bags with Matt Guy. Um, but I think it was good for him to get over that hump. That was a big signature win for him. Um, and I know once we get all the way to the pro shootout championship, no one's going to want to play him in that pro shootout championship. So um, 
really, really pleased with what I've seen from Matt Guy. He's 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 really stroking right now. And top 10 finish at the kickoff. Actually, top five finish, finished fifth. Only lost to Devin Harbaugh in that game. You could argue if Devin Harbaugh doesn't throw 66 out of 68 bags, yes. does, does Guy give Burton Jr. a really strong run in that final four of the playoff? Matt Guy throwing about as good as you can uh, recently over the past few tournaments. Yeah, he said he's been slowing things down a lot. Uh, did you notice that too, Anthony? Yeah, the whole thumb in the pocket thing was interesting. Um, I think it kind of slowed him down a little bit. And also, you know, we, we talk about this mental thing. If a thumb in the pocket makes you think like your shoulder's in the right position, do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's, it's really common that side of the throw. But yeah, we talk about, there's so many people that say, hey, this is a top 10 player. This is a top 10 player. Yes, I think there's a lot of players that are top 10 on a given day, but it's consistency that gets you top 10 at the end of the season. Justin Burton Jr., he might not have won this thing, but he just continues to be deep and he's consistent in these things. Same thing with like a Dylan Turpin. Don't be surprised if you never see Dylan Turpin on a broadcast and he finishes 10th or 11th because he's always one spot right outside of the broadcast. But yeah, Matt Guy with the win, essentially a walk-off $4,000 shot. So... That's what yeah. these guys are competing for. You know, they get this shootout win. That's 4K in their pocket. And how it ended was pretty awesome. A Maudlin had to hit the airmail to stay alive. He hits it. Guy has a $4,000 airmail in his hand. And he hit 4K <laughs> in his pocket. So that was kind of cool how that one ended with a, with a little bit of an airmail battle at the end. If I was going to bet on someone to make the $4,000 airmail, it would be him. <laughs> yeah, so. right. Good bet. Safe bet. Safe Good bet. Good bet. That was Super Bowl. We talked about that a little bit. Tubby Cobb and Tim Settle Jr. We should just call him Mr. Airmail at this point. Um, take the win there with a very unique strategy that I've never seen on a broadcast ever in my life. I don't know about you, Trey. Yeah, what's, what was interesting is like from home, I couldn't really see the bag flight. And then I saw some clips from my content team of yes. Settle's bag. And I was like, wow, that was a really flat bag. I mean, he's got... He's got the form, and it was so funny to me that, like, coming into the event, everybody had their eyes on Deion Dawkins. So we're watching him. But then all the whispers I was hearing from Deion in the Bills locker room was that Matikiewicz was, was yes. better. He was the That's best That's what they told one. me, too. Mm -hmm. And so literally everybody going into it's like, well, it's between these two, I guess. And then all of a sudden Settle comes out of nowhere and he's the star of the show. So I think um, – I think it just just points again to the how how much fun Super Bowl can be and 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 as Tyler would say, Tubby was cooking right there at the end. So he was cooking. They were, they were having fun. Yeah, Anthony. Hey, Tyler said I didn't think they were going to be that good on TV. I was <laughs> yeah, loving that. <laughs> I was loving that. Yeah, Tubby was cooking, and uh, I I would love to go back and count how many airmail Settle Junior hit, but I, I would guess somewhere in the seven or eight range in his what twenty throws or whatever that is. So. Yeah, he was fire, um, like you talked about. And I think that was actually a good strategy for him because for these celebrities, anything above a four PPR, I mean, where you put four on, I think you're in the game. So with this really high, guys, that bag was going above the lights. Me and Jeff oh, were watching it. It would, it would go dark. It would disappear. <laughs> and then here it comes. You see the shadow just coming in. It hits the board. Um, but what he's guaranteed is with this really high loft airmail, when he missed, it was kind of just hitting the board and stopping. So he was really a show out for that one and uh, definitely a big entertainer in the whole thing. I think between him and Dawkins, they put on an awesome show. He gave us the penguin. He gave us a little bit of the penguin in there. I asked him, hey, man, we got to get a little penguin later on the broadcast. So I was excited to see that. Tons of fun with those guys. 
Yes, absolutely. And then we move on to the open series, our open doubles champion, Deja Vu, Cheyenne and Frank take down that one as well. And then our open singles, Joe K, Joe Neistead, uh, you know, I was watching kind of Cheyenne's run and she was, she was in the mix there. I was like, is she going to do it all? <laughs> but she, she didn't quite close it out, but she got really far. What are your thoughts on the open series, Trey? Yeah, open. I mean, we talked a little bit about Frank and Shine, really just copy and paste it. I think you could say the same thing of what they did with the shootout alongside yep. the open, maybe in singles. I mean, hey, <laughs> Joe Neistat, man, uh, the guy the guy is breaking out right now. Uh, got his first international title, now pairs that with his first domestic ACL title, um, winning singles. And I, 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 it kind of felt find a way Frankish. To me, right? <laughs> because there were times when I was like, I don't think Joe's the best guy on the court right now, but he just kept winning. Like, and he, and then there were other times when it was like, Joe might be the best player in the world. Like, it was just, I saw a lot of different, and I think that speaks to how good of a player that Joe Neeson has become because even when he wasn't throwing his best, he was doing enough to neutralize his opponent in order to get past it. That game against Sammy Soto, Sammy Soto, that was his game pretty much the entire way in that semifinal. Um, shout out, you know, one of the top amateur players in the country, someone 100. that, you know, has has the ability to play with the pros and, and you know, with the limited amount of junior spots next season should be in the contention to take one of them. But, you know, Nisette just kind of hung around. Like, it was just like he was just being that annoying gnat. And then when the opportunity hit, he went for it and he took it. And that was that was really good. And then completely just neutralized Mark Richards in the finals. I mean, I don't know if it was a little bit of a hangover from that incredible game, that 37-round epic duel between Mark Richards and Justin Burton Jr. Um, that that kind of slowed him down a little bit. But regardless, Neistat was putting bags in front of the hole, making Mark doing crazy stuff. And ultimately, Neistat gets the win. So... To me, Neistat is showing a really high level of consistency, which I love right now. And like I said, I tweeted this out before, he's on the MVP ballot right now. Whether or not he wins it or whether or not he stays on the ballot is is to be seen. But right now, Joe Kay is, is someone that deserves there's that, that uh, to be on that ballot. If there's anything else I'll add, I just got to reiterate that epic duel between Justin Burton Jr. and Mark Richards. I may force it. I don't know if it's natural, but I'm forcing this rivalry between Justin Burton Jr. <laughs> and Mark Richards. Their last four games have been incredible, right? Yes. You had Justin Burton Jr. beat Mark in the bracket uh, winner's final at the kickoff battle. Mark comes back through, destroys Burton Jr. in that first game of the double dip. Then Burton kind of puts it back on Richard, says no, I'll put you out of the bracket for a second time. Um, and then comes back around and Richards and Burton meet again in the uh, double elimination or the, actually the single elimination playoff at this open event and Richards gets him back. So we got this back and forth, each one winning one or the other. Sometimes it's a dirty style game. Sometimes it's throwing an 11.0 PPR. Yep. I mean, it's, it's becoming fun to watch and something tells me, it won't be the last time this season that we see Burton Jr. versus Richards. Agreed. Anthony, what are your yeah, thoughts? Good, good call on the Burton-Richards uh, kind of rivalry there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, again, Burton Jr. deep in doubles. And this time doing it with the Felix Vargas. So you don't give him a top 
you know, 12 or 13 player in the world right now with Chamberlain. He says, I can get it done with a Felix Vargas, but also it speaks to Vargas and his ability to hold down his side of the boards. They're not going to get that far without both of them cooking. And we've been talking about Felix Vargas as a potential breakout. Brandon Wilson uh, in, in bats and take third in their bracket. You're talking about a 10-year-old in Wilson who almost won an Open uh, when he was 10, now 11. And this dude, he's put him in the category of Hicks and the Gores. He's going to be something special. Um, I thought Hunter Thorne did really well in doubles. Throwing Jordan Powers bags, uh, I believe they were the Venoms, completely different bag than what he's used to. Yes, it's carpet, but much floppier, different characteristics, different role characteristics, cut stuff. So, you know, he might say, I sold in doubles. I let Jordan Power down. But again, he was throwing a bag that it's just not his bag. And it's so important how these things feel. It was completely different feel, but I thought he did really, really well. Rawls and Kingsbury deep again. These boys, they, they keep showing up. I think that, again, they might be one of those teams that if they don't make a TV broadcast, don't be surprised if they're top 10 because they were always just right outside of a broadcast. Creek Killer was cooking this weekend, guys. The national champ, Creek Killer, showed up. He was looking really, really good. Modlin had a really good weekend. I mean, with him and Bubenheim winning doubles, that was another 5K or something they split. He was one airmail a win from pulling four more K, took a second place purse. I think a good weekend for him, for him cashing in on some money. Batson is looking really, this kid's dropping weight. He's looking really, really good. And I think it's translating to his game right now. I just wanted to mention that. I got an eye on this Cannon Hatcher kid. Really, really nice. Made a deep run. Got to actually throw bags with him. Watched him throw a little bit. He's going to be something special. Jaime Sanchez, for some reason, I can't get past the poor mechanics. Uh, it's it's awful. Pretty. It's terrible. It, it doesn't make any sense, and it goes in. It, it, it makes zero sense how he is at, at, at the level that he is. I mean, but it, I, you can't argue with results, I guess. But it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy, but I got, I got to give him props. You know, I, I, I'm always, I've never put him in a player to watch. I never, you know, say, hey, this guy can make a run. But he continues to be deep because of the mechanics. Just throw me off, but I'm still trying to figure it out. But this it's guy. An extreme, it's an extreme version of Alan Rawls. You watch yes. Alan Rawls play and you're like, that guy's good at cornhole, but that guy's not the top five player in the world. And then he just keeps beating people and you're like, is it what about my brain won't let me believe? Like, what is it? What is going on in my head? No doubt. From a mechanic standpoint, 99.9% .9 of all pro players will finish straight or cross body. Jaime Sanchez finishes outside of his body. His arm will actually go to the outside. It is, it's just like, I would never teach that, but he is proving that it's somewhat successful. So props to that guy. Um, Gavin Cano, Gavin Cano, I think has one of the most underrated push bags. Now, um, I was able to throw bags next to him, just messing around for like an hour while the internet was down. This dude's nice. And I, I overlooked his push bag. I know he's got all the other shots. He has an elite level push bag as well. I, I, I had Hamilton as the a player in that partnership. I'm kind of thinking Cano might be the a player. Now, what do you think, Trey? I agree. I agree because I, Hamilton is getting remember when we talked about how Trey Birchfield after he won the world championship he kind of got a little bit too much of this left and right when he'd release and lean like 
It's like violence. I'll watch Fisher yes. Hamilton release a bag and then he go like this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the like, head, yeah. And it's, it, it just seems off balance. And that's just something I'm keeping an eye on. But Kano has been as advertised when we expected him to be a first round pick. He has been really good recently. I'll finish it up quick, Misha. I know we're late. Josh Holland. I loved seeing Josh Holland this weekend. I think that the Josh Holland last year, that was a top 10 guy, showed up this weekend. Frazier continues to kill it. Really impressed with Sammy Soto. You drop this guy in the league. I think he's a top 20 guy. Mark Richards. I got a bow down to this guy at the beginning of the season. I was really nervous about the use of the rollback. And I think when he first came out, he was playing with it. It was his new trick. But I think that he's really settled into it as we come into the pro season. I think it's an asset now for him. And I think that shot is going to what keeps him as a number one or a number two player with the improving talent within the league. I think it's a huge asset for him and props to that guy for working that into his game. Agreed. All right, let's drop into the news around the league. We had the Northeast Conference for singles. Jacob Trzinski took the win and doubles. Tony Smith and Jacob took the win. In the Maryland State Championship singles, Mike Hoffman doubles. Timothy Pitcher and Mike Hoffman. So both of those we had the repeat players in singles and doubles. And then um, just some news in terms of the pro division. Tom Gustafson and Cameron Presley actually withdraw from the league. Uh, so they are no longer going to be pros in our division. All right. We have another event coming up this weekend. We have the preview shootout number three and open number 11. So we're not going to play it all the way through to the finals for the shootout. That is going to be uh, saved for Miami. But we're going to get down to those finals um, as well as uh, see what happens in the open division. So, Trey, what are we looking at for our event coming up this weekend? Yeah, big picture for me is it's a smaller shootout in Oakland. Yeah. So it's a little bit different of a flavor. I think the location of being up, two to think, two things contributed to it, right? One, South Dakota, kind of a somewhat of a difficult place to get to. But then also, I think important is that, like you said, the finals will be held. So it's like a it's split. You got to be available for both weekends, type of thing. So, um, but an elite field, okay. And so uh, I I look at the registration list, and you got some top players in here: Rawls, Alex, um, Richards, Windsor, Tony Smith, No Wooten, Jacob Trzinski, Morellas, Ryan Smith, Dennis Modlin, Frazier. I mean, you have some top level talent heading out to this event. Now, one player I'm looking at and I just have my eyes drawn to is, is, is Mark Richards still part of the reason I'm so drawn to Richards right now is because imagine if Justin Burton jr. Was not a pro right now, you'd have an argument that Mark Richards could be going for a back to back to back major tournament win, right? He may have just won the open this past weekend um, well, I guess he beat Justin Burton Jr., but the idea remains that he's been a really good player. Then the, at the kickoff battle, the only per person to beat Mark Richards was Justin Burton twice, right? So, I mean, is Richards Richards has been just as good and just as advertised, so I'm watching him. Uh, Jacob Trzinski and Tony Smith, Michelle talked about them just winning a conference. They're obviously throwing at a pretty high level. Interested to see how they come in and win. Ryan Smith is the shootout king. He's already got the doubles win, right? So he's really just going up here to, to, to compete in singles. This is an yep. opportunity for him to go after it. Now, as I look over onto the women's side, this is where I think it gets a little bit interesting. 
The field is only 10 women, only 10 women at the pro shootout. So I look at the list and, you know, everybody's got a shot. This is, you know, a lot of times when you talk about huge brackets, yes, you can have these individual upsets, but you know some people don't have the staying power to win game after game after game. But in this shootout format, in this very limited field, I would say that everybody on the list has an opportunity, right? Your favorites coming out of the gate, Rosie Streaker, Yeti Irwan, Connie Altice. Those are your big three that everybody's going to be looking and say those are going to be your big winners. But does a rookie Annette Tedder surprise people and come through? Does kind of hometown region Brandy McBride come in and and, and maybe win on go on a streak or win a couple games? Lexi Hugeback, right? This is, you know, she's from Minnesota, but kind of in that general region as well. Didn't have the best kickoff battle, wasn't healthy with her shoulder. Is her shoulder feeling a little bit better? Can she be a little bit more consistent and put on a run and get her first win? So, um, and then again, uh, the, the teams in doubles, there's, there's, there's some of the big ones, right? Richards and Lopez, Birchfield and Rawls, Windsor and Wooten, Guy and Guy, Morellas and Hisner, Humans and Tony Smith. I mean, there's, there's some loaded teams here. So uh, overall going to be an interesting field as we go and look through it, because I think some of these teams are just going to, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be a little bit of a, it's a huge field, but it's a brawl among the players that are there. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, what, what do you want to add to the shootout or, or going into the open? Yeah, Trey, you covered that really well. All the names, some of the storylines. Uh, I like the Annette Tedder, Tedder one. That was the first one that came to my eye when I looked at We're talking about an OG. Most people don't might not know, but she she was an ESPN talent years ago. I think the first time you put me on a, on a mic, uh, Trey, I was calling an Annette Tedder match back in like yeah. 19 or something like that. So took a break. She's back. Um, and you got a Connie L. Tice, you know, some of the, you know, not just within the women division, but the older part of the women division, how cool would that be to see some of this, you know, not necessarily seniors. I know they're getting close in that age, but coming in and saying, Hey, young, young, young people, this is our spot. We're going to show this how to work. Yeah. That would be, that would be really cool. Um, on the double side, I really like, I'm looking at like a, a Hamilton Rozier. Um, we haven't seen Rozier yet really nationally. This dude's hustling. Um, and he's grinding in his game. I got a really good look at him, uh, looking at what he can do with his bag. He's got all the shots. He's got all the shots and he's throwing constantly with guys like Hamilton and Alex Rawls. You know, he's throwing against the best and we know throwing against the best is going to make you the best. I think they might surprise people. Uh, Almanza is <laughs> the guy needs some type yeah. of a turnaround. And he's in both singles and doubles. He's throwing with a Jeremy Frazier, who's really improving. Almanza goes 0-2 at Natty 1. Didn't do what he wanted to this last week and had a rough another weekend uh, that just passed. So it's time for a, the top 10 player and Noah Almanza to come out and say, okay, I'm still a top 10 talent. He needs that, even from a confidence standpoint. Um, some of the other ones there, you got uh, Alec Ryan and Hunter Thorne uh, teaming up. Thorne showing Hey, I'm going to mix it up with partners throughout the season. That's been his theme, and he's been successful, specifically in doubles, mixing it up, but also made a really good run in singles as well. So Hunter Thorne is really, really hard on the up there. And then the only other one, you know, that isn't obvious, you got a, uh, an Adam Hisner who is super successful in the uh, shootout format, going uh, teaming up with Nico Morales, who's one of the hottest breakout players right now. Nico Morales was an airmail away 
from breeding, beating Matt guy who ended up winning the sh uh, the shootout. Uh, we were standing right behind the boards. He had a, the winning bag in his hand. He just had to hit an airmail to win it. Didn't miss it or missed it. Matt guy goes on to win the shootout and puts all that cash in his pocket. So Nico Morales is right there. I think they're going to be a tough doubles team to deal with uh, in, in the Dakotas. Awesome. All right. You guys want to go into your power rankings? Let's do it. All Let's right. Go. <laughs> all right, Trey, you're up first. All right. So singles power rankings, everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite. I actually had a very in-depth phone call yesterday with Jeff McCarriger where we talked about different power rankings. He's, okay. he's starting to develop his own. He's going through. Um, and I've settled on the fact that there are seven people that if you don't have in your top 10 power rankings, you need to leave. Uh oh, I hope I got him. <laughs> Anthony, like, get ready. I, I think I genuinely think there, and, and maybe I could reduce it to six, but I, I'm pretty feels pretty strongly about seven that these seven guys, you you should not like they're they're guaranteed, right? And so they're my top seven, and then my last three, I could argue you can flip flop with a couple different ones and some people on the outside looking in. Um, now the order is irrelevant. Well, not irrelevant, but everybody's got their own particular order, right? For me, I start off my number one. I'm looking for the person that's got it right now and it, and, and you know what it is when you see it, right? And right now that person is Justin Burton Jr. I have him number one in my power rankings. I think he is the best player in the world right now. He's shown that he can go towards the end of a bracket with different partners. He's getting towards the end of every single bracket. It's taking someone throwing 37 rounds of one of the best games of their year or someone in a round-limited format to even beat him right now. Justin Burton Jr. is an absolutely on a tear, your number one player in the world in singles and doubles. And for me, he deserves that number one ranking. Number two, I'm going to go with the guy that was number one last year that you could argue is number one this year, Mark Richards. Okay, um, I just think he's, he's really insane. And I think... I kind of alluded to it, but I think if Justin Burton Jr. is not here and is not present, that Mark Richards would be your, your best player in the world again and your number one player. He just looks the same. Jeff, Jeff McCarriger made a great point yesterday. He said, I don't think Richards is any different. I think he is the exact same guy that he was last year, which is great news, right? The only difference is some of the people around him got better. I threw in a Justin Burton Jr. I threw in some other great rookies, right? And that has made a little bit of a difference. But when we're talking about number one versus number two, I think there's you know, a big deal. Number three, Devin Harbaugh. Um, I would argue that at times he has, you know, he'll fluctuate to that number one spot. Been so good. Um, we didn't see him at the shootout. He just had his, you know, him and his fiance just had their baby. So they're, you know, congrats to them. But um, I don't think we need to harp too much on Devin Harbaugh. He puts a lot of flipping bags in the hole. I mean, he's just Facts. he's just unbelievable right now. Open winner, made it all the way to the finals, came pretty close. Just a great story. Number four, I got I got Joe Neistat. I said he would be on my, on my MVP ballot. Wow! So I, I throw him all the way up to number four. You win an open, you then come out and win another domestic open amongst the incredible talent. He comes in fifth in singles at the kickoff battle. He comes in fifth, I mean, sorry, second in doubles at the kickoff battle. Joe Deestead is doing nothing wrong. And when you can turn to your player, Jeremy Shermerhorn, complaining to you while you're playing and say, hey, 
we'd still be in it if I had a doubles partner. I mean, like stuff like that. He's doing it while playing loose. It's not as if it it doesn't feel streaky to me. It just feels like this is who Joe K is. So uh, I got him at four. Wow. Um, yep. Let's go. Number five. Number five. I got Matt Guy. Um, look, he just won a, a men's singles open. You go back to the kickoff battle and. I don't want to judge what he did in doubles because of how Jamie Graham wasn't Jamie Graham. So I'm just putting a pause on that for now. But he comes in fifth in singles, and the only person he lost to was someone that threw 66 out of 68 bags. Matt Guy threw a ten, above a 10-5 and didn't score a point <laughs> because he goes against Devin Harbaugh, right, who's higher on my list, right? So take out Devin Harbaugh, and what has Matt Guy done in the last two events? He's all he, all he's done is beaten everybody else. He only lost to Devin twice at the kickoff battle. He just won the shootout, which is the one event he couldn't do. I'm telling you, Matt Guy is going to be a problem this season. I'm telling you, he's going to be a problem. Number six, I got Kyle Malone. Kyle Malone has been right there. He came in fifth in singles and fifth in doubles at the kickoff battle. Got double dipped both times. Like, oh, no. Yes. Oh, I mean, that hurts. But at the same time, he's getting there, right? He's... He's beating everybody that he's playing. Um, I have no qualms with the guy. Malone's already got the shootout win. Already won shootout singles. I mean, the dude is unbelievable right now. So that's my six. I would say at a seventh in Alex Rawls. Okay. He hasn't won something uh, as of recently. He wasn't at this past shootout, but you can't forget. He came in fifth in singles and came in, I believe ninth in doubles. Um, he was still unbelievably good. And he had, you know, he got all the way to the finals against Jake Gore, who was just on a heater. Rawls is still Rawls. And that's why I want to keep him in that top seven. So that's my seven. I'll get and then I'll get to my bottom half. But in my mind, if someone wants to come on this show and argue any one of those seven, I will call them an idiot to their face, including you, Anthony. If you don't have those seven, I'm gonna call you an idiot to your face. In his top uh, seven or in his top ten. I got those no, seven. I'm in my top ten. Okay, I he's got, got those, those seven. seven. Woo, so I got those these, seven. <laughs> these next remaining ones, I think, are 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 what I believe just can fluctuate. Number eight, I have Nico Morellis. Nico Woo. has been unbelievably, oh my gosh, let's go, <laughs> unbelievably good. Um, he the kickoff battle again. We're talking about a what it was a ninth or fifth, a ninth place finish, top ten player by the rankings. You look at the shootout, he came so close, as you said, Anthony, to just to eliminating the player that won the entire tournament. He's switching partners and doubles and going to Devin Harbaugh. That's going to make yeah. his case better. Nico Morellis, unbelievable right now. These last two, are, I think, are going to surprise some people. Number nine, Dylan Turpin. Oh, my gosh. I'm putting Dylan Turpin in at number nine. The one of only three players at the kickoff battle that averaged above a 10.0 PPR in both singles and in doubles. He came up one game short at the kickoff battle in doubles, one game short at the shootout in singles. I mean, the dude is winning every, is coming as close to winning and being on the broadcast as you possibly can without even doing it. His time is coming. And finally, number 10. First time ever I'm putting a female in my top 10. I'm putting Cheyenne Bubenheim wow. at number 10. Cheyenne breaks into the top 10. From what I've seen, she's a top 10 player. She only lost to Matt Guy 
And um, I believe Matt Guy and Devin Harbaugh at the kickoff battle. Oh, sorry. Then she turns around this past weekend, wins doubles, doubles, sweeps them, was the better player on the side of the board, already has won a women's singles shootout. And then when you look at what she did in singles, her only two losses were to an unconscious Josh Holland, which we know Josh can be Josh sometimes, and Joe Neistat, who is number four on my list. So I got JBJ, uh, Richards, Harbaugh, Neistat, Guy, Malone, Alex Rawls, Morellas, Turpin, Bubenheim. First two out that killed me, Jake Gore and Alan Rawls. I tried everything that I could to fit them into my top 10, but I just couldn't do it. Whew. All right, Anthony. That was pretty crazy, Trey. I mean, you shook that thing up. <laughs> I did. What I no Jamie Graham, no, no Josh Holland, no, I mean no it's Trey no Burst Tanner Halbert, no Trey. Yeah, Bur- I mean, it's it's crazy. What I love the best is that you're continuing to push this rivalry. You put JBJ one and Richards yep. right behind it just to feed that fire. I love that. Um, okay, so for mine, uh, one, two, I, I literally can't decide for me who's one or two. To me, they're a wash. That's Alex Rawls and Mark Richards. Yes, we didn't see Alex Rawls this weekend, but if he's there, I think we see a completely different picture. I think those guys still battle it out to the end of the season as the one-two guys. We shared number three with Devin Harbaugh. You said it all. We should mention, when you take first or second international, you get bonus points. We have to think points now, and it's going to be critical for a player like Harbaugh and JBJ coming out of a national with extra points so basically they have room to fail a little bit and not change your ranking and in some cases in jbj's uh position he got 20 extra bonus points just to put that in perspective it's like 18 ranks worth of points so someone who's like a third rank 20 points below that is like a 21st rank so 20 points is huge so it makes sense those guys should be in the top four or five just because of the bonus points they have justin burton jr is my four i'm with you i think he's a top player Everybody knows it. And again, he has that 20 bonus points. Um, Matt Guy, we share at number five. You stated all those whys. I did keep Tony Smith in my top 10. He fell on my list, but he's still in my top 10. We don't get to see Tony Smith a lot. Um, Now, he took 53rd at Nationals number one. He's in trouble. That's a drop. That one's going to, he's going to have to use his his, uh, drop right out of the gate. He has to have three or four solid turnouts at the Nationals and Worlds in a row. Um, Kyle Malone's also in my, uh, in my top 10, he's at seven. He was your six. Um, I put where you had Nico Morales. I'm still holding on to a Ryan Windsor. Same thing. Ryan Windsor has to drop national number one. He took 97th, but looking at Ryan Windsor this weekend, looking at his play, he's still Ryan Windsor. This guy could still finish a top 10. I, I still have some faith in him. Joe K making my top 10. At number nine, he took uh, fifth overall um, at the national number one. And Mish, I'm not all numbers. I'm not all raw data. This one is purely gut. I just, for some reason, I'm still holding on to Jamie Graham in the top 10, but he moved all the way to the bottom at top 10. And Trey, the three that I didn't have, uh, they're my right in that top 11 to 15. So they're right outside those for me. You guys kind of. I had feel like mine, mine. Mine were hot takey. I mean, I yeah, felt like that's I what I'm saying. Hot takey. Like, my entire list. Hot takey. 
Anthony kind of stuck with like the the more like what you would expect, and Trey, you kind of threw us for a loop. I like the contrast <laughs> there. That's and but nothing you said is would be surprising if it happened, right? Right. Like, none of those people would be surprising to be in the top ten. It's it would be surprising not to have some of the people in the top ten that Anthony mentioned because you're used to them being there. But uh, you know that's that's each season is going to keep changing. All right, time for buy or sell. Um, it's kind of going to piggyback off your power rankings. Uh, the first one being Noah Wooten is a top 20 pro player, buy or sell. Where'd you have Noah Wooten on there? Gosh, yeah, I'm looking at my list and I'm like, I got 12 lots. So I got eight more. It's like, uh-huh. I got to get Hunter Thorne in there. I got to get, you know, Hunter Thorne was probably 13 for me. That's how good he's been playing. You got Jamie Graham. You got Tony Smith. You got, I'm going to say just outside. I'm going to say sell, not a top 20 player. Anthony? This one is tough. Uh, 101 after national one. So another guy who's going to have to drop his first one and have four good turnouts. I think he does it. I think he squeezed into top 20. I'm going to buy. Okay. The next one you guys kind of already answered. Cheyenne Bubenheim is a top 10 player. Yeah. Uh, right now bye. she's yeah. playing at a top 10 level. Um, no questions asked. She just swept the weekend. She has moved in. Now those two titles moved her into a tie for fifth all time in titles with some pretty big names, Eric Davis, Brett Guy, Ryan Windsor. That's some special. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anthony, so you didn't put her in your top 10. She's right outside. And when we started the ranking, she was like in my mid-20s, moved into teens, coming into the the start of the national, now inside my top 15. She's going to kill it this year. I have her right outside of 10 in singles. She's going to be inside 10 in doubles. Uh, so she's going to have a great year. She's going to have a great year, but I'm going to sell on top 10 for singles. 11-year-old Braden Wilson will become a pro next year. It's tough. Here are your eight current U18 juniors. Cripps, Gore, Gore, Hicks, Soprenant, Whedonfield, Hamilton, Batson. Hamilton and Batson age out. Yes. The rest of those feel like to me that they re-qualify via standings. You add in Vincent Frisch that I think will requalify via standings. That leaves me one spot. I think I'd I think I'm gonna give it to Sammy Soto before you give it to to Braden Wilson. So I will say no. I will say sell, but he he has his way to earn it right through and, and finish ahead of Soto. Anthony. Yeah, it's it has nothing to say with his talent level. He again, like I said, he's a top guy in the league if you drop him in right now, but he's also fighting against a Caden Allen. Uh is, is Caden Allen aging out? No, or he'll be he 18. Yeah, okay, he'll be good. Okay, yeah. good. So yeah, if you got Soto in there, I got I gotta sell too. Uh traveling is tough. The kid is eleven years old. You gotta get out there and you gotta get your open points. Um, so that that's tough. Uh, I'm gonna have to sell. Jamie Graham and Matt Guy will finish outside the top ten in pro doubles. I think they're 33rd, which is not good, but I will sell. They'll get it together. It's all on Jamie Graham's end right now. I don't care what you, the stats say at the kickoff battle. Jamie Graham's not Jamie Graham. It's not going to take Jamie Graham long to get back to where he is. To, to go from one to outside the top 10 or two, that's not going to happen. Sell. Sell. Sell as well? Sell. <laughs> no. Okay, no. It's, all right, last one. Gavin Cano and Fisher Hamilton will win an Open this year. Yeah, running out of time. You only got yeah. twelve through sixteen left. I'll say I'll say sell just based on the odds game. But Fisher and Hamilton, I mean, are top ten team. They're they're really good. They're gonna they're gonna be here to stay. Anthony, 
I'm going to go off of history. I, I think they won the last one or the second to last one last season. I'm yeah. going I'm I'm to buy. They certainly have the talent to do it. I'm going to buy. Okay. All right. Time for hot takes. You got a hot take, Trey? I do. I'm going to give you the MVP ballot at the end of the season. Oh, okay. let's go. These are, the t- these are the players that are on the ballot. Justin Burton Jr., Mark Richards, Joe Neistat, Matt Guy, Alex Rawls. Only one from my top five that didn't make it, Devin Harbaugh. He gets hurt by the partner change, just not able to squeeze in the same amount of events, oh, yeah. gets left off the list. But that will be your MVP ballot at the end of the year. Dang. Okay, okay. write that down. Anthony? Right, I'm going to go a little bit hot, shoot out doubles. Uh, these, these, this team to make TV in Miami, Fisher Hamilton and Blaine Rozier. They've been practicing together in that little yes. garage they got. They've been TikToking together. Yes. TikToking. They're TikToking. All right. I'm going to double down. Nico Morales. I said it last time, and he got really close. Nico Morales for the uh, pro shootout men's singles. I think that Ooh, he's a, a good Let's candidate. Go. Yep. All right. That's all we have time for. We'll see you guys all next time. Thanks for joining us.